you're listening to What's Your Number? The chronicles of two well-traveled women as told through sexual experiences. I'm Olivia, recording from Barcelona. And I'm Mariah, recording from Boston. Today we have a very special guest joining us from sunny and beautiful Fort Myer, Florida. Dr. Morgan Anderson is a relationship coach, a clinical psychologist, the host of the podcast, Let's Get Vulnerable, and a very dear friend of ours. Hello, ladies. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, we are so excited to have you here, finally. (laughs) So excited to have you on. Um, Morgan and I have been really good friends for about 10 years now. Um, We met studying abroad in Spain back in 2010 if that's right. Um, And so she's not only like firsthand witness to a lot of my numbers, but um, also has quite a few great, amazing stories that I wish I could, wish we could tell all of them, but (laughs) yes, we're just going to tell a few. Yes. Over a decade of friendship. That is rare these days. So, so grateful. Yeah. So grateful for our friendship. And yeah, Mariah has been there through a lot of my experiences. So you might even be able to help me tell whatever story I tell today. <laughs> I'd say definitely. The, the pre-relationship uh, coach days. But um, at least you've like taken your uh, relationship or your relationship history and turned it into something that can help others. Absolutely. That is the gift of it. It has literally created a business for me kind of accidentally. And I'm very grateful for that. Oh my God, that's amazing. Well, I, we want to hear all about it. Um, I'm I'm super excited to hear about uh, how you got to where you are now and, and to hear a few more stories. I have heard a few of your stories, Morgan, because uh, you stayed with us um, when Mariah and I were living here in Barcelona together. And um, yeah, so I'm very excited. I also just got to see you kind of do your do your thing firsthand. Do you remember Mariah when we were uh, we so we went to th- this gay club in Barcelona and Morgan found and made out with the one straight man in the entire vicinity, like in the entire neighborhood. I think and I was just like so so impressed. You know, don't know how to explain it. <laughs> that was a that was some fun fun times we had for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I still I always remind Morgan of this today. Like this is just it's such a testament to who Morgan really is. You know? <laughs> as as Olivia said at the time, um, a dick magnet. <laughs> I've been called worse things. I'll take it as a compliment. Absolutely. Definitely a compliment. It was definitely a compliment. Absolutely. Coming from me, definitely a compliment. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I I just want to also, I know um, you ladies have been doing this. You've been on this journey. And I just want to acknowledge how great it is that you're being vulnerable and sharing these things. I think it's incredible. So I'm, yeah, really excited about what you're doing. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah, we try yeah. to sell. We try to tell ourselves we're doing it for some reason other than total nepotism. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> we try to connect to a higher purpose. But I think it's also just really fun. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. So we'll hear more about uh, Morgan's numbers, um, number or numbers. We'll we'll see what she's what she has in store for us. But um, later on, uh, we will talk a little bit about each of our attachment styles as well. So um, there's lots to cover today. But um, first, just want to um, I guess highlight that we do have a bona fide licensed doctor and relationship expert. I guess, can I, I don't know. You are a doctor. You have a doctorate, but maybe doctor is (laughs) (laughs) overselling it a bit. I do have a doctorate. Yes. And I remember when I got my doctorate and my cousin said like, oh, you're not a real doctor. And like, yes, I am. I have a doctorate. (laughs) And the title would, you know, I'm a clinical psychologist. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist, relationship coach, and attachment theory expert. That's the official tagline these days. Official title. Okay, amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about about what you've been um, doing and kind of your background? Absolutely. So I wanted to be a psychologist from a very young age and just wanted to help people. And I went on to do that. Uh, Mariah witnessed that just going straight through grad school and really pushing forward. And all the while, from my early, I would say, teens, even as young as 14, I was having terrible relationships with men, like started dating super young age. And yeah. I would get in these patterns of just dating the wrong people over and over and over. So it's no surprise that as I was becoming a psychologist, relationships were the area of study that I was most interested in, right? <laughs> we were interested yeah. in the things we need to heal. So began studying relationships, began learning about attachment theory. I focused on working with couples I, I was always surprised. Not many psychologists like working with couples. I loved really it. I loved it. So I had tons of referrals because nobody wanted to work with couples. And what I started to <laughs> see was people would get so much awareness in therapy and they wouldn't know what to do with that awareness. They didn't have mm-hmm. actionable tools for moving forward and creating the relationships they wanted. So out of that awareness, I created my coaching business and began mentoring women to apply attachment theory to their dating lives and become empowered, secure, and loved, which is the name of my relationship program. Okay, amazing. Wow. That's that's so awesome. So what what kind of work do you do? Like if a... If someone comes to you and they say, you know, I'm having these really um, these relationships that are just making my life worse, or you know, and I want to heal this part of my life, what is the kind of work that you actually, you know, do? Yeah. So after working with hundreds of women in this, there's some things that need to happen, and I'd always start with your past relationship history, which is what you Mm -hmm. ladies are laying out. And there's a lot of gold there. In detail? Yeah. There's a (laughs) lot of gold in understanding what happened. Why did I do that? Like what's what's the pattern here? Right. 
Um, totally. So we start with that and then fully letting go of that past and intentionally mm-hmm. creating the relationship template that's going to serve you. Okay. And re- rewiring your beliefs about yourself and your beliefs about relationships and moving you to a securely attached woman that can show up and have a healthy relationship. Wow, that's really awesome. that's interesting that the the telling of the past relationships is a part of that whole process because you know Olivia and I um and I'm sure you know we've told you the story in the past but um the the podcast um our podcast kind kind of came about um through that natural female uh, communication about relationships that we're all just Mm -hmm. so used to having that you and I have all the time, Morgan, where, you know, we can just like talk about it for hours. Like we actually uh, like keep track of each other's stories. We know exactly what happened to each other in the past. And we remember guys that the other has dated and even if we never met them um, and just this like this space that we hold for each other to actually talk about these experiences um, and so it's cool to like hear that that is an important part of yes. not only understanding your past, but also just like letting go of it and processing it and being able to move on. In the program, the official title we have for it is your relationship inventory. And yes, Mariah, wow. it is a very important part of the <laughs> process. Okay, that's is it the numbering, the numbering aspect? I'm yeah, like, the inventory. inventory. I love Ooh, it. I love I, that. I will say this. I will say this. Not you know, don't <laughs> want to change the name of your podcast or anything, but I'm um, just kidding. But the what's your inventory? <laughs> the um, the difference being, uh, I will have women focus on the significant relationships, and I know you all are outlining right. everyone, which is a very brave feet. And I just want to <laughs> congratulate you on that. But when, when we do it, it is the, the significant relationship. That right. makes sense. That, that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it, yeah, ours it also is like an just, exaggerated version. Right. Yeah. We're right. <laughs> dragging, dragging through the mud. Um, yeah. Cause sometimes, you know, they're just kind of, they're more entertaining or, um, you know, but together I think they form yes. kind of a pattern and it makes, it makes so much sense really though, that you would do that just because it has been so therapeutic. And I don't know if as a therapist that annoys you when people just call everything therapeutic, <laughs> like down to like cheese I and like whatever. It. Go for it. <laughs> like a nice bottle of wine so therapeutic but um, I honestly think that it has helped me change my relationship patterns going through these these stories with with Mariah and just um kind of yeah it's it's kind of connecting the dots and and stuff so absolutely I love that connecting the dots we all deserve to do that if you haven't done it yet we all deserve to do that yeah. yeah, and there, I think there's another thing that happens that's maybe a little outside of what you're talking about. Morgan, you can comment on this, but I think it also kind of takes away the power because sometimes like with these past uh, experiences, you know, the other person just has so much power in mm-hmm. their role they've played in our lives. And I think like mm-hmm. the telling of the story, um, yeah, it just kind of makes it, it uh, desensitizes you and it take like it shifts the focus from that person to making it just a story in your past life experience. Um, right. So I don't yeah, know if that, how that relates to your work, Morgan. But Absolutely. I always tell women I'm working with that they get to decide how they tell their story. And I think that's a really empowering thing that you ladies are doing is you're, 
looking at what's happened and you're deciding how to make sense of it and how to tell that story. Yeah. Amazing. Did you have an aha moment, um, you know, in your experience that kind of made you realize like, I want to work with couples or, you know, um, like what, what was that moment where you're like, this is work I really need to be doing. And like a shift you saw in your own personal life. Great question. I, so I was always fascinated with relationships and it just started from a young age. I don't know. Even in, I remember, this is so weird. Even in preschool, preschool, I remember wow. thinking like, oh my gosh, Mark doesn't want to have nap time with me. He wants to have nap time with Amy. <laughs> Thinking preschool. <laughs> wow. So yeah. I had this fascination with relationships and love and romance from a very young age. And I will tell you this, seeing my dad also go through three divorces had an impact, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. To see someone suffer so much and how much it impacted his life and my life as his child, I knew that wasn't going to be me. I needed to figure this Mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I really – I relate to that. A little bit. And Mariah and also and I have, you know, not been able to avoid also talking about our our families mm-hmm. and our parents on this podcast because it just, you know, and with a it surprised me how fast we just, you know, went right back there. Because even though kind of on paper we've had very similar lives, um, I always we always talk about how our family lives were pretty different. So the way that we thought about love and um our ideals or what we were running towards or what we were running away from are are pretty different, I would say. Don't you think, Mariah? Yeah, super different. I mean, I think a lot of um, my more uh, rebellious or, I don't know, promiscuous moments were sort of just this continued act of rebellion against my parents <laughs> yeah. in a way. Um, yeah, but... But yeah, I'm curious like how that's how that's played out in your life, Morgan. How um if you could share like some personal experiences um if you're if you're willing to. Yeah. To you want me to jump into my story? Should we do it? Let's have it. Sure, yeah, let's hash it out. <laughs> I I chose this story because I think it is kind of an extreme example of a pattern that I repeated many, many, many times. Um And it's pretty entertaining. So, and Mariah was there for it. (laughs) So it's just like, I have to tell this story. (laughs) Very excited. Because I was a part of it. So, yes. Um, So I'll just go. And y'all can ask questions, interrupt me, whatever. So. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) I was at University of Montana studying Spanish and kind of struggling with it. And my professor said, if you want to become fluent, you have to go do immersion. There's no other way. And I was, I was 19 yeah. and she told me about... I love that you're taking it back this far. You're like, yeah. It all started when my professor told me that I need Spanish immersion. This was the beginning. <laughs> this was the beginning. <laughs> yeah, do it, do it. And, so let's set a scene and, here. Yeah. <laughs> And I was 19, and she's telling me about this language immersion program in Guatemala. And it was very, very Mm. affordable. I think it was $300 a month to live with a host family and have one-on-one Spanish lessons. 
Wow. Yeah. So I told my family I was going, did not ask, and they were terrified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guatemala was a bit dangerous at the time. It was. At least you and I, um, you, she was, Morgan was there for number 10. Um, and we went back there, uh, and, and definitely it was, you know, it wasn't like crazy dangerous, but you know, it was a little Guatemala city, especially there. Absolutely. A lot of, lots of things. I mean, not, not, and it's very far from Montana. I was just going to say growing up in Montana, really hadn't done, (laughs) I mean, I had traveled with people, but I'd never traveled alone. So anyways, I'm determined to go, I go, I quit my job. I'm like, I'll figure out the money, what, whatever. Um, so (laughs) (laughs) So I go. And at the time, I had been living with someone who Mariah also knows, who I'm going to give a code name to, we'll call her Emily. And Emily was had a lot of kind of of her own things going on. And funny story, she was a stripper. I actually did not know it at that time, but I did wonder why she had like so many wigs and she'd always have all these ones that she was carrying around. She was quite the character. She was quite the character. Okay. And I lived with this person. I watched her go through a lot of dating things as well, but she said she wanted to come with me. I did not invite her. She basically said, I'm coming with you to Guatemala. And I said, okay. So, so she came <laughs> and she's very outgoing. She meets people very quickly. I actually had gone with the intention of studying. I'm very studious. I was like, I'm going to learn Spanish. But Emily comes <laughs> along and we end up meeting the locals and we're going to all these late night Guatemala parties, etc. finding the local bars. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, I should really be studying for, you know, the stuff I have. But she's dragging me out. She, she meets this person, um, Enrique. Mm. And we start hanging out with him a lot. He's mm-hmm. a local. He's a smooth talker. He's charming. A poet. He's a poet. He, he walks around oh, no. with a hat with a feather in it. I I also I actually met this guy I met this guy later later when Morgan and I went back to Guatemala during my number 10 story Uh, yes and and I got to see you know Emily and Enrique go through all their ups and downs of their relationship very dramatic one instance a burrito was thrown at Enrique I remember Uh, (laughs) so so we're going through all this and then one day Emily says hey forget class we're gonna go to this salsa bar and I'm I'm gonna go and you're coming with me and I'm like fine whatever I'll go such a good influence she was such a good influence anyway so I go and I know that she's gonna meet Enrique there I'm walking up to the bar and from literally probably 50 feet away I see this guy and I am immediately drawn to him immediately heart pounding racing sweating and it's like oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. gosh I am in I for it. it I am Holy. in for it wait so um at this point in your life you're 20 right 19 19 okay um had you had this feeling before Yes. It okay. always ended badly. At nap time? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say 
with my English teacher. That's a whole other story, though. Oh, yeah. That's a good oh, one. It's an oldie, but goodie. Whole other story. You can make a whole podcast about more. First day of English class, I had that same feeling. Mm. Um, <laughs> sophomore year. <laughs> Uh, yeah so okay so we're there and so I meet this guy and he is Mm -hmm. a friend of Enrique's Um, we'll call this guy Juan I don't know if I was supposed to use fake names but I'm just doing it it feels better yeah yeah no I think that's that's totally okay we usually call him by like what number it was but if if you don't know off the top of your head you can call sweet okay whatever so so Juan (laughs) is there and he only speaks Spanish. My Spanish is probably intermediate, not great. Mm. And it's about to get a whole lot better. Am I right? <laughs> and I remember being very shy. And I remember we were playing um, this, you know, those tall Jenga games that are kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like, you know, they're like, they're super high. They're like five feet tall, whatever. We were, we were playing yeah. this game. And I remember I was the one to knock it over because I was like flustered. <laughs> I was so flustered. Yeah. Here's this guy. I'm sweating. <laughs> Try to speak Spanish. I knock over the tall yeah. Jenga and, and he, <laughs> he grabs my hand and he's like, it, oh. it, it's Fabian. And I'm like, Oh, Oh my God. Oh my god. And gosh. then from there, it's just a whirlwind. That night became <laughs> a freaking whirlwind of just joy and passion and desire and fun. And I know you want details. I'll give some for sure. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, you're right. You're that's what we want. <laughs> so alcohol was involved. Of course, right? I mean, we <laughs> we start doing shots. We're we're drinking um, the the Gallo beers. Remember those, Mariah? Mm, yes, I do. Yeah, every country has its own cheap lager. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we're dancing in this little bar, and it was just he, he was so romantic. He was so oh, kind. Gosh. He was complimenting me. He was, you know, saying all the things. I've never met a woman like you before. Like, wow, you, you know, you're amazing. Um, all the stuff I wanted was yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah. And you're 19 years and I'm old. I'm 19. You sure are. Yeah. yeah. In in uh in Guatemala. In Guatemala. Sorry, like, <laughs> no, <laughs> don't project. <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> I'm like, so it's funny, Olivia and I have, we both have stories exactly for you, like, I mean, not exactly like what you're about to say, but up until now, the moment when you're like, you're traveling, you're just like, everything feels amazing at the time you meet this handsome stranger who just sweeps your feet, yeah, the the best night ever, yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. so alcohol's involved, involved. yes, so I I remember (laughs) this, oh, at the, at the time, by the way, um, Emily and I were staying with a very religious host family, very Catholic. And they would always mm. comment on how I was the good child because I came home every mm. night and <laughs> Emily would be, a, you know, away doing her things with Enrique. So mm. I was the good child, <laughs> right? Okay. So right. 
I didn't go home that night. <laughs> That's right. No, you didn't. <laughs> yes. One, I remember we were walking the streets. There's like, we're trying to find a place to stay. He finds this hotel, I kid you not, with like a dirt floor and bugs and not a very nice place. I'm like, really? You're taking me here? Did not care because I was so enraptured with him. And it was just so passionate. I, I kid you not, I think we had sex eight to nine times that night. Oh, my, oh my gosh. God. Morgan. Wow. <laughs> it was very passionate. And I and I remember waking up in the morning at 6 a.m. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, can I get home before my host family knows I was gone <laughs> so I can still be the good girl? And I get home and my host mother greets me and she's just shaking her head like that. She's just saying no, no. Oh, my God. So she, she knows. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> So have this amazing night. We have these freaking little telephones you have to pay for to put, you know, to get the mm. minutes. I I had his number. I'm like, okay, like wow. I'm like, I met the man of my dreams. I always knew I wanted to be with a Latino man. And I'm in my head, I'm this is it. I'm planning our wedding. I'm planning our children. I'm like, you know, this is the this one. is the one. It's happened. Um, <laughs> oh my god. So then, next day, I don't hear from him. At all. Oof. Oh, gosh. Don't hear from him. The day, the day after that, I don't hear from him. I'm like, at this point, I'm calling. I'm texting. My All of my anxious attachment strategies have been completely activated. Oh, man. It oh, yeah. was the rainy season. And I remember it's like, you know, the streets become rivers, right, in Guatemala. Yeah. And yeah. my little phone was out of, was out of money. <laughs> out of sweldo, right? Whatever. And <laughs> right. And I go to the pay phones and it's like pouring rain and I'm just inserting these quarters like over and over and over <laughs> oh, or, or oh my whatever the Guatemalan money is trying to get right. him to pick up the phone. And oh he never God. did. Oh my God. There's more, but that's, that's how this love affair started. But it's, the uh, the emotionally unavailable man and the anxiously attached woman myself and just the whirlwind that that creates oh my god yeah can we so maybe we should just take like a tiniest step back and you can and i don't know if everyone listening is going to know exactly exactly what you mean um ryan i did do the attachment quiz in preparation for awesome. the chat with you so we're ready to talk but maybe i mean you would be the you know obviously the the person to explain a little bit about the different um kinds of attachment yeah. maybe just in the briefest way possible absolutely and we can get back to yeah one. so there is anxious <laughs> attachment avoidant attachment disorganized attachment and secure attachment. So your four main styles, anxious attachment, Mm -hmm. you are worried about losing the relationship and there's that fear of abandonment and there's a high need for reassurance. Mm -hmm. Avoidant attachment, you are more scared about losing yourself than you are Mm -hmm. about losing the relationship and you have high needs for distancing and feel overwhelmed by um, needs for reassurance. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. 
Right. Disorganized mm-hmm. attachment is this lovely combination of the two of those. And depending what's going on in your relationship, <laughs> you're doing either one of those strategies, which I have definitely been yes. there a lot in my life. It's very painful. Um, mm-hmm. And then secure attachment is where we all want to be. It's I value myself and my relationship with myself and I value my relationship with my partner. I can communicate openly and honestly and get my needs met. And we build a healthy, stable relationship together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So what was Juan, would we say? <laughs> Very avoidant. And I can get into Very why, avoidant. but absolutely <laughs> avoidantly attached. Yes. Okay. Right. So this is like that typical story. <laughs> right. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Right. Yeah. So why was he so avoidant? Yeah. Yeah. And you were anxious at the time. Yes. Um, Very, very anxious, but like didn't know it yet. Really wasn't aware of attachment theory at this point. Yep. Yeah. So few of us were. (laughs) So few of us. That was the least that, yeah, my consciousness was just a tiny pinhole um, into this little world that we live in. But uh, Olivia, what did you get? I got anxious. Hello, um, hello Morgan anxious. has this attachment style quiz that you can take on um, her website, Dr. Morgan Anderson. Um, and um, so you were hella anxious, you said? No, I uh, I don't know. It didn't say hella. It just said okay. anxious. <laughs> was, what was the percentage? It should, it should yeah, give you a percentage. percentage. Oh, I didn't. I didn't get. Okay, I'm I'm terrible because I did a different one. I'm no, so sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that you had one on your site. No. Um, but I and it didn't give me a percentage. Okay. Um, but I think I need to do it again because I I'll do it again and get more info. Also because I think I was answering the questions for like all of my relationships. Yes. Mm. Um this so I don't know if that's well you know as much me you now, bring but up, definitely. Yeah, I was just gonna say, Olivia, you bring up an important point, which is that um this can change. Your attachment style can evolve. You also may feel you're using more avoidant attachment strategies in one relationship and then you're in a different relationship dynamic. Oh, you're more anxious. So it's certainly Mm -hmm. fluid, although most of us tend to have one style that we hang out in the most. Right. Or like revert back to. I I feel like there's also like there are certain um, to kind of, I guess, to expand on what you were just saying about how, you know, different dynamics bring up different things. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't I feel like, um, uh, you know, five years back or so, I was definitely aware that I had an anxious attachment style, but I would use that as like an excuse to be like, oh, well, I'm just being anxiously attached right now. But really, like the guy was being a dick. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like I would be like, oh, well, this is just my anxious yes. attachment style. This is just the dynamic that we have. And then it kind of like obfuscates what's really going on. So um, I think definitely I feel like what I've uh, and Morgan, I would love to have you speak to this from like an actual expert's perspective. But what I've kind of learned is like there is this. Yeah, I need to work on my anxious attachment style. But then also like the dynamic is what it is and it either feels good or doesn't. So you got to listen to that, too. You know, Um, I got I got 46 percent anxious, 46 percent secure and 15 percent avoidant 
or whatever. It was like 12% avoidant or something. I, and I, that's nice. why I made a quiz that had percentages because I think it's cool to know like, okay, what is your attachment strategy makeup? Because we, we mm-hmm. all have all yeah. of them. That's the really important thing. Yeah, right. We all have all yeah. of them. Yeah. So, so important not to put yourself in a box, but yeah. Um, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Mm. Thanks Mariah for sharing that. Yeah, no worries. Um, so, t- so yeah, so tell us more. So, what happened next in the saga? <laughs> the of saga. Home? So, he would appear. So, so you know, we're we're back to I'm standing in the streets trying to call him from payphones, and he's not answering. And there was just days and months. I mean, okay, now I'm exaggerating. Weeks. It felt like months. Weeks. <laughs> right. Felt like years. <laughs> years. Centuries. No, there was weeks where. He did not respond. He did not acknowledge me. I'm crying every day. My host mom is just like, what has happened to you? And I I think I I confided into her and I I said, I met this amazing man and something must have happened to him. He must have died. He's not responding to me, you know. So she knows about it. Right. I'm writing all. Is it a smallish (laughs) town? Like, does she maybe even know him? She probably knows him. Or... Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a small it's a small town. Yes. And I I will mm-hmm. say this. I wrote a lot of poetry at that time. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Heartbreak, yeah. for poetry inspiration. <laughs> and Pablo Neruda read, for read, a, read a lot of Pablo Neruda. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Amazing. And <laughs> we've all been there. <laughs> yes. And what ended up happening is he would occasionally pop up. He'd call me mm. and oh my God, if you could have seen like how my body would like shake with excitement when he was calling me, right? <laughs> it's like, oh my God, it's him. Oh my God. And he would come oh, wow. and he would be wherever I was at and he would, you know, have a couple drinks and sometimes we would hook up like, I don't know, find a, a random place, what whatever. But mostly it was, we would talk and we would dance and it would, it would be this another whirlwind of an amazing night. And he would say, I've just been so busy with work. You don't understand. Oh my God. I'm, I'm a delivery man for these, um, <laughs> these trucks that are delivering, you know, chips and soda around the city. And I also have a dream of opening up all these hot dog cart stands and I want to have a hot dog cart empire. I'm just so busy with work. Mm. And I would believe it. Right. Right. Classic. The hot dog cart. The hot dog cart. The hot dog. Yeah. They're not going to. Enterprise. You know, he could make the best ones according to him. So anyways, um, (laughs) fast forward. And I was in Guatemala for at least like, it was, it was over three months. So there's a little bit of time here. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. So fast forward a bit and I hadn't heard from him at all. And I actually, I think it'd been weeks and I actually met someone new who was tall, dark and handsome. And he was a folklore dancer. I went to this like folklore dancing thing and he was the most attractive <laughs> dancer and I remember at the end I just like I don't know I like winked at him or something I can't really wink I did something um oh yeah and I think you just were in his vicinity you just like showed up <laughs> and he talked to me after the show and we end up hanging out and he's trying to learn English um so we we became friends 
And we sort of started dating. We actually didn't hook up. He was very, very Catholic and he did not believe in any kind of physical anything before marriage. Mm. So we're more wow. building this great kind of friendship, but he really liked me. Um, very, very macho, masculine, like I will have my bride and be the man and all this stuff. Um, but I liked him and he was distracting me from missing Juan. So I was out to dinner. We'll call him Marco. I'm out to dinner with Marco. It's like two days before I'm supposed to return to the U.S. Maybe even one day. It was very close to my flight home. And I'm out to dinner with Marco. And all of a sudden, the phone rings. And it's Juan. And Marco had paid for this beautiful dinner overlooking the city. And it was very expensive. But I remember I was like, I have to take this. And I <gasps> I left my dinner with Marco and I answer. And Juan is begging me to meet him in the plaza. Oh, my gosh. Freaking Juan. Oh, my God. I love you. I can't believe you're leaving. I need to see you. Meet me in the plaza. So, oh, my God. <laughs> and, of course, in all these countries, you know there's a plaza and you know exactly – where they're talking about. And it just so happens it was a five minute walk from where I was. So I told Marco, I have to go. There's an emergency. I left my food uneaten and <gasps> I left. <laughs> terrible, terrible decision. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, and, and then, then <laughs> oh God, so suspenseful. And then, <laughs> I go to the plaza and I'm pacing and I'm shaking and I'm sweating. I think I'm near tears because, you know, I hadn't heard from him for weeks and I'm there. Right. You had assumed him had dead. Assumed dead. Right. You know, that would be the only reason for him not to respond. <laughs> that and being too busy at work. Exactly. Right. Oh, I forgot <laughs> to mention before I tell this part, I forgot to mention one time. This is really great. I thought I saw his delivery truck with him driving it. I kid you not. I chased it down the street. Oh the this. cobbled streets in my Chaco shoes, my little travel shoes. And I'm just like chasing this delivery truck. And then the guy gets out. And of course, it's not him. So, oh, oh my god! god. So anyways, okay. you're like, I, I've hit rock bottom. I was so you meet him in the plaza. Yeah, I was so anxiously attached. So yeah, so he finally comes to the plaza. He makes me wait. I think it takes 30 minutes. And he shows, oh, he shows up in the plaza. And he sees I'm, I'm upset. And he immediately drops to his knees. Oh, okay. <laughs> and... <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is not sexual. I just clarify. <laughs> so he immediately drops to his knees. My brain is going, oh my gosh, he's going to propose to me. Like, finally. He's going to ask me to marry him. Of course. Him. So, of course. We're he's the love of your fucking life. Of course. He's going to ask me to stay in Guatemala and, you know, have a family with him, right? Like, that's what I'm expecting. He starts sobbing and he's on his knees. And he proceeds to tell me that he has a wife, he has one child and another one on the way, 
<laughs> oh my god! And that he's in love with me, and he wants to leave his wife for me. Oh my, oh my gosh! gosh. <laughs> so, oh my gosh! Very shocking. Yeah. Did you have any clue? Did you have any idea? No. Wow. Oh so, my god. So going back to like the. How did that feel from like an anxious attachment perspective? Because like a lot of the, um, I guess your actions that you describe, mm-hmm. um, those are like what an anxious person, oh, an yeah. anxiously attached person would do. They'd be like, "Oh no, I need to contact that person and get to that person and you know chase them down and, like, and see that person and get their yeah. attention." But then at that point, it's like it's like this double whammy of you have him telling you that he wants to leave his wife for you, but then you also find out that he has a wife. So it's like. This multi right. I I thank God that he had children because I think that was the thing that made me say, okay, no. Yeah. I thought about his kids. So Right. But what's really interesting, Ryan, I'm glad you brought this up. When we really are truly anxiously attached, and then if we do have someone say, Well, hey, I love you, I want to be with you, I want to make it work we actually will push that person away. It might not happen right away, oh, but eventually. Interesting. Yeah, because that hmm. also does not fit our relationship template for love to come to us easily or to be given to us. So oh, this wow. is why moving to secure attachment, which a lot of people will do in a relationship, they'll move to secure attachment. But if you don't, and you hold on to anxious attachment, even if somebody is loving you the way you always wanted to, you will push them away. Mm. Hmm. Okay, and that's just because, like, you're to you an actual like a re- uh, a relationship that feels normal is one where the other person's kind of holding exactly. Away. It doesn't fit mm. your relationship blueprint or what I call your mm. relationship template. Mm. That resonates. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's kind of like I used to think of it like a if, bomb. <laughs> if someone liked me, then there must have been there must be something wrong with them. Yes. Yes. And it's also, um, at Morgan, you and I have talked about this a lot, and I know you and I have as, as well, Olivia. But um, there's also kind of this as like an anxiously attached person when somebody who's avoidant actually like expresses love to you it feels like wow I'm so special for them to love me because you know they're picky or you know right not that available so absolutely yeah we could do a whole other episode on that I I want to um I would talk about that as repetition compulsion apply that theory yep Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Repetition compulsion is – could you give us like a quick, super quick snapshot? Yeah. It's just like – Just the idea that like basically if you are dating people who are emotionally unavailable and that's coming from, you know, you didn't have that as a, as a child, that was the template with your parents, et cetera, and you have all of this unfinished business, right? If mm-hmm. you can then – get that emotionally unavailable person to love you, you are simultaneously making up for all of your wounds from childhood. It's an unconscious, yeah. an unconscious desire that, okay, this person would then make up for all the other times in my life that I didn't get what I needed. Right. 
Yeah, attachment yeah. theory, I think, you know, we've, I think at this stage, um, if you are interested in these types of things, it's, I think, getting more common to he- to be able to say, oh, I'm anxious, I'm avoidant, whatever. But it, it's actually so much deeper than that, it seems like, you know, it's not just assigning that and then calling it a day. There's just a lot of other things happening behind the scenes that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Oh what an gosh. honor to tell okay. this story, ladies. I've never told it before. It's such an honor to have to have you tell it. And it's, oh my God, such a winner. Such a I humdinger. Like, you know, I feel like there's there's actually a part two to the story. I feel like we we we're gonna have to do a part two with Morgan because there's a lot more to talk about here. And it was just so good to have the insight that you have. Um yes you know, about how the human brain works and your experience working with people in relationships. Absolutely. So that's such a yes. cool element. Part Thank two, so much fast for forward coming. two years later when Mariah and I go to Guatemala together and I walk into that Fuck same yeah. plaza and who is there but Juan and his mother. Oh my God. Juan Talk about a cliffhanger. <laughs> But I will also say, um, Mark. So the first person we saw when we went to Guatemala was, was Marco. Marco. So right, <laughs> right back into the love triangle. That's part two. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, you guys had been like friends, and Marco was like, "Ooh, like we're good." He like hung out with us, and then immediately. Yeah. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah. So he forgave you for running out on on that dinner. Amazingly, yes. Wow. What's Marco's attachment style? And then we'll let we'll like yeah, go. Well, I mean, I would say anxious. <laughs> Good question. Oh. Anxious. Right, right. Well, so at least after a, this. Oh, I, I, spiral, I contributed yeah. to the anxious attachment for sure. Not proud of that. Not proud. We've all done it. We've all done it to some Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, number five. Um <laughs> But um oh my god yeah so thank you so much for coming and dropping the knowledge Morgan it was amazing and this telling this amazing story I wish that I mean we could definitely have a whole podcast about you and um we would definitely have to have you back on for part two I also want to hear about your English teacher (laughs) (laughs) and uh and so many other things that are just you know little kernels um and yeah and also we just um uh, can always use use some expert expert advice on the on this storytelling podcast so um I want to put a quick plug in um before Morgan does her plugs um if you liked what you heard here today Morgan's podcast uh Let's Get Vulnerable is a great listen it's kind of like having a psychologist advice on your love life in your pocket um, which is basically what I feel like I get to have being Morgan's friend. So um, I, I really suggest you download, take a listen. Um, is there anything else you wanted to plug, Morgan? Um, I would say if you are feeling like you want um, relationship advice and it would be helpful to have that daily, come check out the Instagram. It's just at Dr. Morgan Coaching. I do a post daily and I really try to educate and teach Um, in those posts so yeah come check out the ig amazing amazing okay thank you so much thank you ladies if you want me come and get me i swear i'll make it easy on my eyes
Thanks for listening to What's Your Number. This episode was produced by Olivia and Mariah. Music is by No Fancy. You can learn more about us and check out our blog at whatsyournumberpod.com. We are on Instagram at whatsyournumberpod and on Twitter at therewasthisguy. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, leave us a review wherever podcasts are found and subscribe to hear about more sexcapades. <laughs>